Hello, everybody. Welcome back to First Gen Failures. This is our second episode, and today we're going to discuss something that's really important to us and that we think is really important globally. But before we get into it, Trisha, I have to ask, how are you and how have you been taking this quarantine? Honestly, I've been taking quarantine pretty well now. I'm getting used to it. A little stir-crazy, but lacrosse practice and running has helped with that and staying busy with the podcast and some other things I have to do. So it's kind of nice. What about you? Well, my quarantine has also been going kind of okay, trying to keep myself sane by sticking to a really rigid schedule and rigid run schedule especially. But other than that, I've been doing good. Today, Trisha, we're going to delve into a really important topic, and that is the taboo behind menstruation. So I think that periods are usually a big taboo in most societies and most cultures. Well, mainly because it's only females that experience it, but not even that. Most people just view it as gross, not supposed to be talked about, you know? Especially in front of men. And it's a very hidden um, kind of subject. It's not very openly discussed at an early age. A lot of times we're told that we shouldn't really talk about it to our younger siblings. Yeah, I agree. I have an older brother, so he knew about it before I did. But a lot of my best friends, they have younger brothers. And whenever, like, I bring it up, like, no, don't tell him. Like, don't corrupt him. And I'm like, what? Like, there's nothing wrong with a period, you know? And also, women's attitudes are often blamed on their cycles, which is sometimes true. But this kind of attitude also implies that her emotions are completely invalid rather than rooted in like some true concern so it's like it's just your time of the month you don't actually care about what you're talking about you don't actually have any concerns you're just cranky which I get really cranky on my period but if I'm making a point I would have made that point regardless you know what I mean oh for sure I mean I usually don't get cranky on my periods but I hate when people like oh are you on your period because it's like why why would that why does that matter no so let's delve into some of the specifics of different cultures. I know, Trisha, you have a very um, special relationship in your family, um, to put it that way, with periods in general and the taboos in your culture. So could you go into that a little bit? My religious beliefs fall in the category of Jainism. It's a mix of Hinduism and Buddhism. And here we believe that um, periods are evil or unholy. So for that case, we're supposed to sit outside for three days. And we're not supposed to touch our family members. You have to wash everything you touch. And because of that, I can't sleep on my own bed because I'd have to wash my own bed sheets. And that's too hand wash. You can't wash them in the laundry. So I usually sleep on the day bed. And the clothes I wear, I have to hand wash at the end, which really annoys me. And I can't go into the kitchen and touch any food. Anything that I want to eat or if I want to drink something, I'd have to ask someone to give it to me. And this is like, you know, I feel isolated. It's weird. And it's very publicized because people are going to know if you're on your period if you sit outside and you're going to ask for things. And because of this, I feel like helpless. You know, you can't get anything yourself. You can't really touch anything. Anything you do touch, you have to wash. And it makes me feel like a little ostracized for my family because everyone's like, this is evil. You have to sit outside. But I really don't feel like it should be viewed as like that. I see where you're coming from. It can feel like really isolating to have to be the person in your family, especially if you only have a brother, to have to continually do this every single month and try to be ostracized from your family over and over again. But I know that you're Indian and that's one part of your Indian and Jain culture, but are there any other parts of India that practice something different? 
Yeah, so I know that in South India, there are people that have a half sari ceremony. And that's basically to commemorate like, oh, she's, you know, on her way to becoming a woman. So they threw this huge party and where she wears a sari, which is traditionally worn by married or older women of India. Half sari would mean she's on her way to womanhood and they celebrate the period, which I think is really cool. Yeah, that's really interesting. Well, I cannot say that I have like a very similar experience to you. I definitely do have the same kind of like viewpoints in my family, but we don't have that kind of practice. I'm Iranian and in our culture, we're incredibly hushed about our periods. There are no specific practices in terms of periods that my family um, practices, but there's a lot of like taboos in, in how you speak about it in front of the men of your family, in front of your grandfather or your brother or your dad. You're not supposed to talk about it so as to not make them uncomfortable. If you're talking about your period with your mom in one room, you have to be incredibly quiet so as your father does not realize that you're on your period. And I think that that's kind of like a really weird thing. Like you're not supposed to ask your dad to buy you pads if he's out at the store. Like it's your job to go with him, to hide the pads from him when you're um, in the shopping line or whatever and also in my culture and i know in your culture too and this is a pretty big thing globally tampons are really heavily frowned upon they're really seen as taking your virginity or taking your fertility away from you which i personally in my opinion believe is incredibly stupid even though tampons can cause a woman's hymen to stretch or to tear virginity has nothing to do with the state of a girl's hymen often swimmers or some kind of athletes and all kinds of girls, their hymens tend to break before they even lose their virginity. So I think it's so stupid to think that tampons are the thing that are going to take your virginity and you can't use tampons because of that. You're forcing a lot of girls. I know I have a lot of swimmer friends. You're A lot of them like have to take weeks off at a time of swimming just because of their periods, which can really set them back in terms of athletic training. And that's just one example of things that I don't really agree with in my culture. What do you think, Trisha? Oh, I agree. When I first like brought up the idea, my mom's like, no, like, why would you want that? There's nothing wrong with it. Girls, like all of my friends used to use them. And I was like, oh, like, you know, it's comfortable. And they're like, yeah, like, it's a lot better for you, especially because I play sports. So like, I often have to play on my period, which is really uncomfortable if you're wearing a pad. But my mom was like, no, like, that's stupid. Or in the summer when I lifeguarded, I often had to work on my period and I couldn't wear a pad because that was not going to end well. So I took a a lot of convincing for me to be like, mom, it's it's not that big of a deal. You know, it's not going to hurt me and it's not going to take my virginity away if I wear a tampon. Absolutely. So I know that um, tampons do have some like health problems with them. But as long as you use them safely and change them regularly, there shouldn't be a problem. And what I what really bothers me the most about them is when um, girls aren't allowed to use tampons and that hinders their life in some way in terms of their athleticism or their ability to partake in activities and such. So that's what really bothers me. But that that is a part of my culture. We're not supposed to wear tampons. It's seen as taking your virginity, which is like very frowned upon. I also know that in Kenyan culture, 95% of Kenyan girls have to skip school on their periods, which is kind of like bouncing off of that, how um, just having a period can often be a liability for girls that don't live in very progressive nations or in third world countries. 95% of Kenyan girls have to skip school. That is a week every month. That adds up to be a whole month of learning every single year, which is just, it's so much time for learning. And it's crazy that um, these girls just have to give that up for something that they don't even control. Oh, I agree 100%. 
Also, in the Hindu and Nepali culture, you have something called Chopadi, which I guess is a little similar to my thing with periods, but it goes to the extreme where they have to live in menstrual huts during their periods. It's definitely a lot worse than what I have to go through because they are ostracized from their family even more. And most of the time, they don't get the resources they need to, you know, be hygienic on their periods. I know that that's um, a concern with a lot of places in Southeast Asia and Africa. It can expose women to extreme cold, animal attacks, sexual violence, and it puts her in physical, sexual, and emotional danger in a lot of less developed countries. And that, that can be really dangerous for a woman to have to experience every single month for the rest of her life. Another way that women are also kind of ostracized because of their periods are, um, according to Hindu, Islamic, and Buddhist cultures, women are not allowed to offer prayers or touch holy books or take part in rituals. I know that a lot of my family is um, very Islamic. They have very Islamic practices and they're not supposed to pray or they're not supposed to touch the Quran while they're on their period, which just kind of has like this aura of like you're dirty you're evil during this time you're not holy during this time when honestly i feel like it's almost the opposite i feel like it's a sign of your fertility and it's a sign of your your health and i just think that's so i I don't know i don't really like that practice in general or, or that general taboo that surrounds so many of our world cultures i agree and it's the same way for me whenever i'm on my period i'm not allowed to go to the mandir or I'm not allowed to pray because they're like, well, you know, you're dirty. And I don't really, I've never really understood that. Every time I go to India and I talk to my cousins who are obviously a lot more religious than I am, they're like, no, like, we don't know. We just never, uh, we never questioned it. We just followed it. We don't go to the Monday. We sit aside. And people living in extended families, it's just more, I guess, embarrassing because you're sitting aside. When I went to India and I was, I first saw my period, um, along with my little cousins they were like wow like why are you sitting aside like you're really young you shouldn't be on your period and I, was, I didn't know how to answer them and it was just embarrassing for me to not be able to play with them or not be able to touch them yeah I definitely do think it can be in a way um kind of scarring to have to publicly show that you're on your period while such taboos are so prevalent in someone's culture um I think it's very it can be very like abusive or it can be very damaging to have to sit aside when a period is not seen as something great in your culture obviously for sure from israel to afghanistan women are often told not to wash their vaginal region during menses or menstruation because it's believed to cause infertility and it leads to really unhealthy hygiene practices in these areas women often have really bad reproductive tract infections and they have really serious health problems and infertility problems in these areas because of these awful practices that they're forced to partake in because of the taboos that are around this. On another note, in some Native American cultures, such as the Cree, girls partake in a sacred fast when they first get their periods. Their periods are seen as very sacred in times of the month in general. And I think that this is, you know, very different than the Southeastern and Middle Eastern cultures where you know they're being adorned and they're taking a part of sacred fast which symbolizes a healthy relationship with god where periods are not seen as evil or um unholy i agree and i know that the cherokees hold very similar ideas to this and i think it's very special that for native americans their time of the month is seen as a time of the month where they're closer to their ancestors they're closer to um 
the spirits that they believe in they're closer they're more holy and spiritual during this time of the month because they they recognize how special it is especially as a part of their womanhood um similarly in parts of south india and sri lanka girls are adorned in new clothes and gifts at their first period like the half sari ceremony that you were talking about earlier i know that in most cultures many women you know get their periods as a common thing amongst females and instead of being viewed as unholy or dirty they are seen as accepting and i think that in south india sri lanka and some native american cultures this progressive idea should be enforced or you know um practiced more around the world i definitely think that it is great that some parts of the world do see the period as such a positive thing of course this is very rare because in almost every society and civilization that we've had in the past we have um admonished women for getting their periods something that is often inevitable for them and i think changes should definitely be underway because as we're going to talk about it can have very negative side effects to have such awful taboos in your culture so do you want to take it away Yes. So I know that in many cultures, even in America itself, which we consider progressive, there are astronomically high prices and there are low availability for menstrual products. There's a luxury tax that is still imposed on menstrual products. And I know that here that it may be hard for people to get these products. And it's a necessity for women to stay hygienic during the period and to, you know, have a luxury tax on tampons, pads or whatever you may use. It seems to be unfair. This is often called the um, pink tax or period poverty in other countries and in our country. The pink tax is just a tax that all women generally have to pay just because they have periods or they have menstruation or they have female reproductive processes, I guess, like birth control, (laughs) all of these things. They all need to be like paid for, which is something that men often never have to face. And period poverty is also... Uh, something similar, how when you're in poverty, your period can be a very detrimental part of your life, honestly. I know that we read a book in school called The Life You Can Save. And towards the end of that book, they were discussing the cost of a fistula and how it's a very simple medical condition that happens um, for a lot of women in third world countries and even in our country. And in a lot of cultures, it can um, cause a woman to be ostracized and exiled from her own family and her from her own society um, because of this period poverty, so to speak, that we're talking about. I know in Afghanistan, 76.7% of women have RTIs or reproductive tract infections because they're forced to use other less hygienic options for blood collection, which can be absolutely detrimental to a woman's health because our reproductive systems are so, like, special to our bodies i guess just having like even a little infection down there can ruin your entire like life it can be so detrimental to your entire health when my mom was little she told me how her family couldn't afford pads or they were a new invention so she would have to use a rag and her and her four sisters would have to use rags in i guess in place of a pad so they couldn't really go to school because it would have to keep on well rags would have to be changed every so often every hour or so And if you've ever been on a period, you know that it's not effective and it probably won't last long. But I know that 88% of women in India today still rely on cloth, rags, hay, and ash to try to manage their periods because pads and tampons are either frowned upon or, you know, very expensive to acquire. Yeah, I know that in some places it's almost $4 per pad. We think we have a bad in America, but imagine $4 per pad. 
think of how many um pads you use per period and then you have to have like what 12 of those every year that's that's what we're talking about when we talk about the pink tax that is horrible i just think it's so unfair that these are often taxed as luxury prices i know that in prisons in the united states they're not offered to a lot of women in correctional facilities and prisons because they're not seen as essential items they're seen as luxury items but what's not realized here is that if you if you have a problem down there your entire health is at risk right there instantly there are a lot of abusive practices that um come with this negative taboo that we have globally in addition to chaopadi another harmful practice that is sometimes related to menstruation is female genital mutilation or fgm it's often called female circumcision. FGM comes in many forms, but it is generally the cutting or removing of a girl's labia or clitoris and sometimes the closing of the vaginal opening with thread or part of the cut skin. The practice causes a lot of health issues in women and girls and is widely recognized as a human rights violation, but is practiced very widely across Africa, the Middle East, Southeast Asia, and South Asia. In some communities, FGM is part of a ceremony that occurs after a girl has gotten her first period. And this is quite literally a traumatizing experience. Oh, I can tell. As soon as you were talking about it, I just felt like pain. Like my hands are shaking. I was like, I can't believe people do that in these cultures because it just seems so wrong or it seems so harmful. Yeah, and I did some research into this and there's absolutely no medical reason to do this to anyone. In a lot of cultures, this practice of FGM is seen as a way of a woman to protect her innocence, to protect her chastity. And I just think it's so awful that we place chastity on such a higher pedestal than we do a woman's health or her mental health, her physical health, like the trauma that she has to endure. Like, think about how awful that is. It's not like they use epidurals or anything. It's not like they have any numbing creams just to help out. Uh Uh-uh, like it's a cut and snip kind of operation. and It's no fun. And if you're like us and you were appalled by this information, there are some ways to help. The first thing you can do is educate others about the issues surrounding women's reproductive health worldwide. Periods are such taboos, and we often steer clear of talking about these issues when we need to the most. Normalization of these conversations is absolutely key. You need to teach your younger brothers, teach your fathers, teach your brothers. Like This type of conversation should absolutely be normalized, and I think it's so important to a lot of women's health. And not even just women, but males too, you know, teach them that being on a period is like not disgusting and, you know, your emotions shouldn't be blamed for it. The phrase, oh, it's because she's on her period, you know, it's kind of weird. Don't say it. Even if I am on my period, I don't want you to tell me that because you're just brushing away exactly what I said. It makes me mad. Another thing you can do is donate to organizations such as UNFPA, Friends of UNFPA, in the IWHC, International Women's Health Coalition. And these are organizations that are committed to promoting the reproductive rights of women and girls globally, which we'll link below. You can advocate for such organizations in your community by contacting your elected officials and asking them for funding for these programs. It's really important that women within the United States and especially globally get the help that they need, get the reproductive rights that they need. We're still fighting for um a lot of rights globally, the rights to birth control, the rights to menstruation products, like these are very big issues still. 
You can fundraise in support of these organizations online or by hosting events. But I think the most important thing to do is educate yourself. That is, like we said in the last episode, that is the most long-term and lasting change you can ever make. But also donate. Yeah. (laughs) In other news, we have some social news. So last month in Sudan, they banned female genital mutilation, which we talked about earlier, which is huge. Huge. Yes. (laughs) Previously, around 87% of Sudanese women received some form of FGM. 87% of the population of women. That is insane to think about. So if you were in Sudan, you probably would have received FGM. Just Yeah, yeah. And just think about it. Just take a minute. Think about what they've done to these women and be appalled. And how painful it must have been to go through that. And traumatizing. According to the World Health Organization, more than 200 million girls and women alive today have undergone FGM, where the practice is concentrated. And I just want you to think about that. That's only the ones that are alive today. This is an ancient practice. For sure. And as time goes on, it does get a little progressive, but it was probably worse back then. So that, that number could easily be doubled, tripled, even quadrupled. So that was our social news of the week, even though it was a month ago. It's such great big news that Sudan has banned this and finally made it illegal. I think that it will have a positive impact. So it was so much fun talking to you, Trisha, today about such an important topic that I think is often very stigmatized. It can even be uncomfortable for us as girls to talk about it girl to girl, and I don't think it should be like that. So thank you so much for stepping up and talking to me about this today. Of course, I really enjoyed um, spreading my story and sharing other people's plight as well when it comes to periods. I hope that we can move forward and definitely donate to a lot of these organizations. They are, again, linked below you guys. Make sure that you click on them and donate because it is huge, the work that we can do, the impact that we can have globally. And otherwise, um, follow us on our Instagram at Failures, and we will talk to you guys next week. So bye, guys. Bye. I know that sometimes when I'm in school and like I don't have a pad I have to use no that's gross I shouldn't say that (laughs) I was like where are you going with this (laughs) (laughs) you know like you have to make them with toilet paper sometimes yeah sometimes I that's TMI let me not (laughs) start over (laughs)